everybody, and welcome to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about all things related to energy. I'm Alfonso Quiros. And I'm Anne-Marie Corbelis. Our first podcast for 2021 is a look ahead to the major trends in the industry. It's something of a tradition for us at Plugged In each January. But this new year will be a lot different from other recent years. Let's set the stage for the conversation. President Joe Biden takes office this month. And along with that comes his pledge to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement and the World Health Organization and to kickstart an ambitious climate plan. The entire world, nations, big corporations, people, everybody going through the COVID-19 pandemic and how to rebuild and safeguard our basic institutions. And there's lots to talk about at Con Edison too. Our home state of New York and some ambitious clean energy mandates, as well as our common goal of providing clean energy for all. That's indeed a full plate of topics. Our guests today, very appropriately, are Matt Ketchke, our new president of Con Edison of New York, and our new senior vice president of customer energy solutions, Lenny Singh. Congratulations to you both and welcome. First question to Matt, uh, the Biden administration has indicated that the uh, administration of the United States will rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, is Con Edison of New York pretty much already on, uh, on the way towards those international goals? We have our own commitment to decarbonization and clean up, how we can address climate change and how we can look at decarbonization. Um, we've been thinking about this for a while and thinking about how we integrate clean energy into our business. You know, today we're the second largest solar producer in the United States, um, working with the state on how we further integrate renewables here at home in New York as well. So thinking about things like offshore wind, clean, uh, clean transportation, things like electric vehicles and clean heat. Last year, Con Edison and Columbia University's Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory's report on climate change found that our electric gas and steam system may be vulnerable to increased flooding due to coastal storms and more and longer heat waves. This year, we're taking that study to the next step in New York with our climate change implementation plans. Can you tell us a little bit about that approach? So as you mentioned, Alfonso, the first step in this was really doing the assessment on what the impacts would be um, of climate change on our systems, on the city and on the energy systems that we use to serve the city in Westchester County. Um, and no surprise there, those indicate that over time with increasing impact of climate change, um, systems will be more susceptible to things like increased flooding, coastal storms, longer and uh, longer duration heat events. Um, so now is now we look at how do we deal with that? And it's really two parts. How do we mitigate the, the issue? So essentially, how do we think about um, how do we reduce the impact of our systems on climate change? How do we reduce CO2 emissions? How do we um, work with other stakeholders um, to reduce CO2 emissions from other sources like transportation, um, building heating? So how do we reduce to mitigate? And then how do we adapt? Because even with all the mitigation that we could do in place, you're still gonna have adaptation because climate change is something that is, is gonna continue. Um, so how do we do things like harden our systems? How do we think about building to for potential future flood events or tent storms? How do we harden our systems and adapt our systems to handle the climate change that at this point is probably inevitable? Trend two is the pandemic. And it looks like with the distribution of the new vaccines, we're at the beginning of the end of the COVID-19 epidemic. 
Con Edison has done much since its start last February for employees and customers. Matt, what's ahead for us in 2021? So, Emory, I, I certainly hope that we are at at least the beginning of the end of this um, with the vaccine rolling out. I, I do think we probably have a few more difficult months ahead of us before we really get there. Um, but as I look forward to 2021, um, I think one of the main focuses is really going to be about how do we get back to a more normal state. Um, the impact of this event on our customers, on the businesses in New York City, on our employees has just been tremendous. Um, and it's really going to take a while for us to get back to normal. Um, you know, we have a large number of customers um, whose businesses are in trouble or potentially gone out of business. Significant number of customers who are behind potentially not only on their utility bills, but on rent and other bills. So um, it will be, I think, a big part of 2021 is hopefully returning to normal. And as we try to ease back into a more normal economic time for our customers and how we work with them to do that. So we are entering into an era of renewable energy, solar, wind, and battery storage. Lenny, our customers have embraced solar power. Uh, they have about 314 megawatt capacity with another 260 megawatt of capacity in the queue. That's pretty amazing. Uh, what is the future for solar? Uh, good question, uh, Alfonso. Um, so as Matt alluded to earlier, New York State has set a very ambitious goal to generate 50% of the state's uh, electricity use um, using reno renewables by 2030. And that's roughly twice the amount generated in the state today. Uh, uh, we also want to make it easier for our customers to go green by offering them a choice to buy from us 100% clean, clean electricity by 2040. So while customers uh, can generate renewable energy will continue to grow in the coming years, uh, meeting this ambitious goal by 2030 will require developing large-scale solar projects. Uh, our analysis shows uh, owning uh, utility-owning large-scale renewables is the best option for customers. And, and furthermore, uh, our, our company, Con Edison Inc., is committed, and that commitment is reflected in our investments, right? Uh, today, we are the seventh largest solar, producing, uh, solar producer in the world and the second largest in North America. Well, let's talk about other large-scale renewables, wind and offshore wind. What does this mean for the everyday person? Well, Emory, I think one thing's clear when you talk to our customers, it's that they are very interested in um, energy being clean. Clean energy is something that our customers are really interested in, too. Um, but most of them don't really have a lot of knowledge about exactly how that works and the nuts and bolts of that. And, and I'm not sure most of them care too much. They really are interested in having clean energy, and they're going to leave it to us to kind of figure out how to make that happen. So one really good example of that is going to be offshore wind. The state has proposed to build 9,000 megawatts of offshore wind off of uh, the southern part of the New York City and Long Island. Um, that is huge. That is a tremendous amount of new um, energy production capacity that's going to come in, and it's going to be injected into our system and the systems on Long Island. And what that means for us is that those systems really were not built to accept energy coming in from the ocean, because um, historically, the way the energy delivery systems have worked is that energy has flowed essentially from north to south, coming down from upstate New York, from the hydro facilities in upstate New York, the nuclear power plants in upstate New York, through transmission lines into New York City. So what that means for us is we are now going to be looking at basically turning some of those flows around. That means we really have to look at our systems and how they work, how they're designed, and what enhancements and improvements we need 
to make to allow those systems to flow in some cases bi-directionally to accept these injections of large amounts of energy from offshore wind. The other is that offshore wind um, is not really completely dispatchable. And what do I mean by dispatchable? Dispatchable means you're going to make energy when the wind blows and when it doesn't, you're not. Um, so we have to think about how we firm up some of that capacity um, and how we essentially store energy um, when the wind is blowing, we don't necessarily need it. And then how we back it up when the wind is not blowing. So Lenny, to optimize the power of renewables like solar and wind, we need batteries. Last year, we called 2020 the year of the battery. Would you say we were right in that? And why is battery storage so important? And what is Con Edison doing with it? So Alfonso, I think this might be called the decade of the battery. Um, so battery technology has continued to improve uh, and will probably significantly improve in the years to come. And in, it's going to be an important part of New York City and New York State's environmental plans and uh, Con Edison's clean energy future. Um, so the state uh, has set some aggressive goals, uh, as I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, so the goal of 70% of the state's power coming from renewable sources includes 3,000 megawatts of clean energy storage. Um, so clearly the state has recognized the need for, for the use of energy storage in balancing the intermittency of renewable generation. Utility-scale batteries uh, will play a vital role in New York's clean energy future, especially in the city, uh, where it will help uh, to maximize the benefits of wind power being uh, developed offshore. Um, Con Edison has uh, already begun to take um, advantage of storage technology through several initiatives, and I'll, I'll just cover uh, two quick ones. It's something as small as a two-megawatt battery in South Ozone Park, Queens, uh, to support reliability in times of high demand. And most recently, uh, a project with a company called 174 Power Global that will place the largest battery storage project in New York State on a site in Astoria, Queens. Uh, the batteries will be uh, able to discharge roughly 100 megawatts of power onto the grid, displacing fossil fuel demand uh, in New York City. Uh, so large, uh, large projects like these um, will make it more economical for battery storage to enter the market. Uh, this effort will help to uh, integrate renewable power into the state's uh, energy mix. Energy companies have been a top target for cyber attacks for years, but the most recent disclosure of deep hacks by Russia in U.S. government agencies and major corporations makes it all sound more alarming. How vulnerable is the electric grid to such attacks? See, Amory, clearly this is something that we are concerned about. Uh, the recent news um, certainly got a lot of people's attention, including ours. Um, but we have been focused on cybersecurity for a very long time. You know, at Con Ed, we, have, we are vigilant and continue to be vigilant uh, around the security of our systems because we understand how critical they are um, to, the, to how the city and county of Westchester function, um, and that we are a really good target for state actors who might want to do us harm. So we are constantly looking at um, what potential vulnerabilities are and addressing them. We work closely with both industry experts and government agencies to assess and monitor what is going on and what actually we have to take. Um, we've been doing that in the aftermath of the most recent event, and we will continue to do it. Um, this is a case of this will never end. Um, we as a company, we as employees have to remain vigilant around this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and we all play a part in this. Not This is not just an issue for the folks who are on the cybersecurity team. 
all of us are subject to potential um, routes for phishing attacks that could be routes into our system. So um, it's something that every one of our employees, we are all responsible for, we have to be conscious of, and it's critical um, to how we think about operating our energy system safely and reliably going forward. Matt, if you looked into a crystal ball right now, what would you see as the next great energy innovation? If I had to look at my crystal ball and say, what is the next big thing? I would say it's, it's low carbon fuels. There's new words for that, low carbon fuels. Sometimes it's the hydrogen economy. It's the concept of taking and creating a fuel that has no carbon dioxide emissions to it, uh, potentially creating it um, through the use of renewable energy. Um, so Lenny talked about, uh, in a previous question, the importance of batteries and energy storage, how we need to be able to store energy that's produced from renewables at times when there's overproduction, when the sun is shining and the wind is blowing and the production exceeds what people need at that time, and then be able to redispatch that at times when maybe the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining and we're not making enough renewable energy to supply the needs of customers. That's this concept of dispatchability. And... Um, low carbon fuels or, or hydrogen-based fuels from renewables give the promise of potentially being able to store energy from renewables for long periods of time. Batteries are great. And, and most of the batteries that we talk about today are some versions of a chemical battery, lithium ion batteries being the ones that get the most attention, which is the ones in your cell phone and the ones in, a, in an electric car. But they probably do not have enough capacity to store energy in long seasonal periods from like the spring and fall when um, energy demands are lower to the summer and winter when they're higher. So if I had to look at my crystal ball and say, what is that big, um, big advance that will help move energy innovation forward? It's going to be low carbon fuels, hydrogen based fuels made from renewables. And Lenny, same question to you. What does your crystal ball say? So first, uh, I would have to agree with Matt, uh, both uh, on his um, uh, predictions on hydrogen and um, improvements in battery technology. Uh, for me specifically in, in the areas of battery, I'm thinking solid state battery technology will be a part of our future. However, personally, I, I have my eyes on uh, this concept of a tidal energy technology. So roughly, uh, they say 70% of the earth is water. Manhattan, as we know, is surrounded by flowing water. Uh, so I think tidal power or tidal energy, uh, which is uh, electric power being harnessed by converting energy from the tides, uh, could be in our future. Um, although not uh, widely used today, uh, this technology has the potential to be part of the future of uh, what I would call renewable energy, energy generation. And I think one of the benefits of tides is that tides are much more predictable than the wind and sun. Uh, however, like most new technology, uh, this too um, suffers from the initial uh, high, what I call high cost when something is new, and certainly not having enough proven success um, in demonstrations uh, makes it harder for people to adapt right away. But I think over time, uh, technological uh, developments and improvements uh, in installation performance uh, may be much higher bringing overall costs down, um, allowing it to be uh, to, to compete uh, with other sources of renew re renewable energy, such as wind and, um, and solar. Uh, I, I think the Roosevelt Island Tidal Energy Project uh, along the East River, river which will feature uh, roughly three uh, underwater 35 uh, kilowatt turbines, um, will give us insights um, into this technology 
and allow us to de determine whether it uh, has viability and scalability as a source of uh, uh, renewable energy in, in our portfolio. What can our customers expect uh, in terms of natural gas? What, um, what, are, what are you seeing in your crystal ball with, uh, with that? So one new thing our customers can expect next year is to begin to see natural gas detectors deployed. So these are devices that leverage the power of our smart meters um, and the communications channels that our smart meters have to place a natural gas detector inside customers' premises um, to detect if there's a natural gas leak inside somebody's house or building or business. Um, this is an incredible piece of technology that will help us operate our system more safely over time. We expect to deploy about 60,000 of these devices next year, and we're going to look to roll them out to all our customers over the next several years. And this is technology that the teams here at Con Ed work to develop. It, they don't exist anyplace else in the world. We worked with the vendor to develop it as part of a pilot. And now in 2021, we're going to be rolling it out full scale. Great. And one, uh, just one last question, uh, Matt. Um, uh, you've been with the Con Edison family for uh, about 25 years now. If you could go back into time into 1996, what advice would you give uh, Matt Ketchke, who is just starting with Con Edison, what advice would you give him to succeed in the ener energy industry? That's a really good question. Um, so if I could go back to 1996 and talk to myself, and I couldn't tell myself to invest in a series of stocks that would have me on a, a, a Caribbean beach with a drink with an umbrella in it, but had to be focused on things around uh, the, the company and business. I think what I would tell that guy was um, focus on learning. Um, we have an incredible company with incredible people. And I've learned a tremendous amount through my time at Con Ed from the dedicated women and men who work here. Um, and, and that is probably the best thing that we bring. This industry has evolved continuously from when I started in 1995, 96 till today. Um, there's been a tremendous amount to learn, and I think that is going to go forward. Uh, change is constant. Um, it's been constant in my time here, um, and I think it will be constant probably for the next 25 years, um, although I'm not sure I will be here 25 years from now, um, at least if my retirement planning all goes according to plan. Thank you to our guests, Matt Ketchke, President of Con Edison of New York, and Lenny Singh, Senior Vice President, Customer Energy Solutions. That's our show and thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Plugged In. If you have a comment or question about the program, you can send us an email at podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can follow us on all of our social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Until next time, I'm Alfonso Quiros.